What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Letterman Row. You know what week it is. You know what this this show is going to be about. This is a show to preview the game, the rivalry clash, uh, gold pants on the line for Ohio State. Uh, it's it's a big one, folks. And so to do to preview that game, we've got Anthony Broom coming in from the Wolverine, the Fort, uh, as the message board is called, uh, to discuss everything Michigan. If you haven't been following along with what Michigan's doing. Uh, we're going to educate you today and I'm going to get educated from Anthony. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Uh, these are the kind of weeks that make, I think what, I mean, you, you and I, you know, cats and dogs coexisting together. This is the kind of week that like, this is why we do this job for the games like this. I mean, I I watched, a. I watched the first month of the season, Michigan play, you know, UConn and Hawaii and Colorado state. And you're like, that's okay. That's great. Job. Well done. Taking care of business. But you know, you're always, it's always one eye on what Ohio state's doing and, and what, uh, you know, the rivals are up to and what the rest of the big 10 looks like. And, you know, even this year, especially with, and Ohio state has been both Michigan and Ohio state have been benefactors of this. This has kind of been a two team big 10 throughout most of the year. And I, I like the way that, that both teams have kind of handled their business week to week for the most part. So it's, it's exciting. Um, like I said, it's it's always a crazy week, uh, especially, you know, with there, there's holiday travel involved. And then, you know, the three of us or four of us that will be coming down for the game Saturday, obviously have a, a, a bit of a drive to make. But it's it's chaotic. It's nuts. But these are the type of weeks why we, th- these are the type of weeks that make the beats that you and I are on worth it, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. For sure. And. You know, I said this at the beginning of our show on Monday on LettermanRoad.com the Monday after. Uh, this is Michigan week. This is not Thanksgiving week. And to try to explain that to somebody on the outside maybe is a little – sounds a little crazy. But for the players involved, the coaches involved, uh, even like media, I don't want sympathy. I don't care. It's Michigan week. Uh, but it really is – Ohio State, Michigan week and not Thanksgiving week. I'd imagine the folks in Ann Arbor completely agree with that. I can't speak for everyone, but that's the way I feel about it. I mean, when you're you're sitting, if you're someone who's sitting, going to a Thanksgiving dinner and someone's asking you about your, uh, I don't know, what your family plans are or what your, uh, what's your ideal job situation, you're just sitting there going, oh my God, like, okay, Michigan's an eight and a half point underdog. What's the path? To, like, those are the conversations that are, you know, you're having with yourself in your head. So it's like, uh, as much as we will stuff ourselves, you know, on on Thanksgiving, it really is just kind of is the appetizer and something that uh, because we have so many obligations as human beings this week, it does make this week fly by. But also it's going to be an excruciating wait, too, which is why you know, I know there are people, at least in, in Michigan's fan base, I don't know how Ohio State fans feel about it, where, you know, you know, would love to see it played a little later in the day, maybe a three thirty kick, but it's been the noon kick for, it feels like years now. And I like that because, you know, if it was up to me and I'm, I'm in charge of programming, we're kicking this game off at 9.00 AM and just getting, you know, getting <laughs> over with. Right. But uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It is a long week. Like it's a long week, but it's also one that, you know, by the time, you know, we're sitting here today as, you know, as we record this in, I feel like we'll blink or just take a deep breath and all of a sudden it'll be Friday afternoon and, and the lead up to that Friday will really be the longest day and, and it, everything will speed up uh, prior to that. But yeah, it is a, that is, it wasn't always Thanksgiving week, but now it is. And you know, Thanksgiving does, it feels 
sorry, family. It feels it feels secondary on a week like this, especially with these stakes on the line. So with all of that in mind, with these stakes, let's get into the actual game. Some matchup stuff. I have one huge question for you. Blake Corum, question mark. Let's talk about it. Sure. I mean, what what is the latest? Uh, we, you, you talked to Harbaugh today on Monday as we record this. We will be – this show runs on Wednesday. But um, he was apparently able to play on Saturday but didn't much in the second half. Monday seemed like the same story. Not a lot of chatter around Blake Corum. What are you feeling right now about the status of Blake Corum? Yeah, I mean, my understanding of it is that he was – let's let's just go back to the play itself. I mean, that looked like one of those things where like, oh, my – like, he's he's done. He's done for the year, right? You see a guy go down with a knee injury like that, uh, down on the field, crying as he leaves the field. Um, that was – I mean, that's that's sobering because that's your – you know, if you're if you're Michigan, that's you know the entire identity of your team is built around that run game. And if a guy who has been, you know, arguably the heart and soul of your team goes down, there's a lot of concern with that. But uh, he was after that play, he's the first guy to jog out of the tunnel at halftime. He was, I guess, cleared to go back in the game. They gave him a, a one carry. I think they went for five yards or something like that in the second half, and then they kind of put him on the shelf. So um, there's not really, I mean. Everything's going to be super locked down this week. Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are typically pretty tight-lipped on injuries regardless. But um, you know, I'll say this, based on what has come out just in the last couple of days or so, it does seem that there is no structural damage to the knee. It might just be one of those pain management things that it comes down to what are you able to handle when, when you get to that game on Saturday. Um, Jim Harbaugh had made a comment in his Monday press conference just in terms of injuries in general, I mean, Michigan's had a couple of guys out, uh, a couple of notable guys out in the last couple of weeks. And he said, someone asked, you know, is there a chance these guys play if they don't practice? And he kind of insinuated that guys that don't practice won't play, but this is also a kind of unique situation too. So my gut sitting here Monday afternoon as we record this is that whether he's, if he's at 75%, 80%, whatever it is, he will play. I, I, it's hard to be super confident in that. And that also kind of shapes what the game prediction looks like. But um, I think that he will find a way. I think, you know, obviously, you know, his effectiveness is, is going to be, you know, will come into question with that. But, um, you know, if it's, if it's a, if it's a knee injury, I mean, your entire game as a running back is predicated on the cuts and uh, the quick movements and, and how does your knee hold up in that? And, you know, I don't I don't know that it's a wear and tear thing. Uh, I think it just was kind of a, a play that happened on Saturday. And, you know, that's how this sport goes. And it's next man up. The problem with Michigan is that the next man up would be a Donovan Edwards, who has been out the last couple of weeks with an injury. And um, all of a sudden you're a snap or two away from playing true freshman or walk ons at quarter uh, at, uh, at running back. So that's the storyline of the week. Uh, what will he do and, and how effective will he be? Um Again, uh, it would be great to have more clarity on it just for even our purposes. But, yeah, I, I think my gut says he will play. It's just a matter of what that workload looks like. And then if he can play, obviously Michigan will be better running the football mm -hmm. uh, than if he can't. And if he can't play, then everything falls on J.J. McCarthy. And that's where my next question goes as we continue talking about the Michigan offense before we get to this really, really good defense. Um J.J. McCarthy, 
Um, would we? Is it fair to say inconsistent in his play this year? And where do you feel the the confidence level that Michigan has in him to be able to go into Columbus and do what he needs to do, or even elevate his play to be able to beat Ohio State? Yeah, this is going to be a game like this is. You know, it seems like every year in this game, some way or another, on each side, uh, there is a star making turn. That uh, determines which way this goes, and if your run game is ineffective, even if you know, even if they have Michigan has the full allotment of bodies, you can't tell me that uh, that Jim Knowles, that Ryan Day are not going to lock in on taking that run game away and making JJ McCarthy beat beat uh, and beat them. And it's one of those things where you know every week has kind of been a pop quiz for him, and he and he's he's done fairly well for the most part. Uh, things have slipped accuracy wise in the last couple of weeks, but you know, like uh, it's not like uh, the 2017 Michigan, Ohio state game. You've got a quarterback like John O'Corn, who's just missing flat out missing wide open receivers by 10 yards, by five yards and things like that. The, the source of frustration with the passing game at Michigan has been, you know, you're missing deep balls by just not putting the a right amount of arc on a ball or, um, you know, bad footwork or something along the line, you know, you're missing uh, these receivers are missing deep balls by maybe a fingertip or something like that. So it's Michigan has said a lot after these games talked about leaving meat on the bone uh, and, and having more that they can do offensively. And this is a week where JJ McCarthy has to play the best football game he's ever played at Michigan. That's whether Blake Corum's there, whether he's not uh, whatever, whatever shape, this game takes if Michigan's going to be competitive and have a chance to win it, it will be on JJ McCarthy's shoulders. And at times when this coaching staff is just kind of, you know, not, I, I won't say there's been training wheels put on him, but there are times where he's just, he just is more effective when they roll him out and get him on the run. And uh, you know, it seems like he sees the field better that way. It seems like, um, you know, there's a next gear they could find in terms of incorporating him into the run game. That's another way where, you know, how does Michigan, what sort of wrinkles might they have? We'll see. I mean, uh, obviously he's a guy that all you have to do is put on the tape and see he's extremely fleet of foot. And, you know, he's done a really good job of not turning over the football. He's, he's done a better job of when guys aren't open down the field, getting on his high horse and making something happen with his legs. But yeah, it has been, uh, you know, the numbers, you know, you, you stack up his numbers against Cade McNamara's from last year and, they're fairly similar. Uh, JJ's turned the ball over a little bit less. He hasn't. Uh, obviously, we just talked about what he can do with his legs. But uh, this is a this is a guy who it just feels like the, the ceiling hasn't been reached and tapped into yet, and um, a lot of growing up to do in the next four or five days. But um, he's also been part of you know he's. It's 10 and 0 as a starter, which that, you know, that's that's rare for anyone to do their first 10 starts of a career. So uh, he's been playing winning football, but I think he can play better football still. Anthony, if there's one player on this Michigan offense, aside from J.J. McCarthy, which is very obvious, and Blake Corum, who's the catalyst, that has to play well for Michigan to come into the horseshoe and beat Ohio State, who is that player? I think it's Donovan Edwards. That that's when Michigan's offense has been at his best, and really when McCarthy's been at his best this year. Um, Edwards has been that matchup chess piece type of guy who, you know, he really. I mean, he's he's gotten better as a running back. I mean, he really has the more carries he's gotten. 
you know, we're starting to see him run a little bit better between the tackles. But I think what makes him most dangerous is that, you know, coming out of high school, he was cross-trained as a, as a wide receiver. And you see that when he takes the field. I mean, he does have a, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but in terms of what he does or what he can do for Michigan's offense, there is a bit of like Alvin Kamara type to him where it's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield and run a wheel route. And God, I mean, you, you could probably, I mean, this could either be damning and telling or you know, be a testament to Donovan, but some people would tell you he might even be the best route runner on that team. Um, he is, uh, to me, he is more than just an X factor. If, if Michigan, uh, he, he might keep, you know, he, if he's healthy enough, he darn near might be the key to this entire thing uh, because he can do so many things um, in terms of, of catching the football, running the football. Uh, I still think there are wrinkles that they could probably throw out there where him and Corum, again, if both are healthy can be on the field at the same time. And all of a sudden, you know, when you guys, when you have guys that attract that type of attention, someone else is going to have an opportunity. So, you know, whether it be as a decoy or as a, as a weapon, Donovan Edwards is, you know, he, he could be someone who opens it up for everyone in this game. So that's kind of the guy where if he's on the field, that's, you know, that just makes Michigan's chances, I think, go up even more in my opinion. So now the offense has been covered. I I suppose uh, we know what Michigan can do on the ground. We know you know we know JJ McCarthy has to be better for, like you said, for Michigan to beat Ohio State. But let's go to the defensive side where uh, you could say both Ohio State's defense and Michigan's defense haven't truly been tested the way that you would like to see them tested this year. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say for either side. Um, Michigan will be tested in this game. Uh, I, I both agree there. If there's one Michigan player defensively who has to play at just an elite level for Michigan to win this game, who is it and why? It's another guy who's been banged up. Uh, Mike Morris is someone who, again, there's Michigan was never going to have a an Aiden Hutchinson replacement that just slid right in there and was exactly what he was. I mean, he was the number two overall pick in the draft. Um, you know, that's and you really they had two first round caliber pass rushers and David Ojabo tore his Achilles during last spring and that affected his stock in the process. But Mike Morris has been a guy who, you know, you can rush him from the edge position. You can rush him from the interior. He can stand up and rush you. Sometimes he'll even drop back into coverage. Uh, That's a guy who was banked, who's been banged up a bit uh, recently. And he's, I mean, he is the heart and soul. He is the heart and soul of that Michigan defense. If Mozzie Smith, uh, at nose tackle is the tip of the spear. I mean, Mike Morris is the guy who's, you know, maybe the thrower of it. I don't know how to, how, how to co- kind of compare what he's been able to, um, what, what his role has been, but he just does so many things. Well, I mean, he is so stout in the run game. He is the, uh, you know, pass rush. The effort is just, you know, he's not the athlete that Aiden Hutchinson was, but he's been, um, he's been outstanding. And, his his presence, along with Monty Smith's presence, has kind of opened things up for other guys. You know, it's not a two-man pass rush anymore. Michigan at times this year has been able to kind of come at teams with, you know, four guys deep, five guys deep, and kind of roll them into the lineup uh, similar to hockey lines. So, you know, any, you know, all hands on deck and having everybody available, uh, you know, but Mike Morris is is the, the most valuable guy to me on that defense because like we saw in that game last year, um, and really what we see when these two 
kind of super powered type of teams match up against each other is that, you know, a great offense is going to beat a great defense most of the time. That's just the way the sport is now. But um, so fans for both teams, like you're going to give up some yards, you're going to give up some points, but you know, a, a reason a team like Michigan was able to do what it did last year against Ohio state is because you forced you, they, they were able to force, you know, field goals instead of touchdowns and keep, keep those guys in front of them. And, you know, that's going to, that's going to be how it goes for, for both of these teams. So you got, you're going to have to uh, control the line of scrimmage. Whoever does that on both sides of the ball is going to be who walks that out of this, this game with a win. But those efforts for Michigan to me start with having Mike Morris back on the field. It's interesting to me that you mentioned Mike Morris as an edge rusher, because in, in this game, from my point of view, it almost looks like he's going to be more effective on the interior. And I mm-hmm. think Michigan as a pass rush will be more effective on the interior because as I wrote on Letterman row this week, the ta- tackle tandem of Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones have played 1,294 snaps this year. They've combined to allow three quarterback hits, nine hurries, and zero sacks as a tandem. And so the interior of that Ohio State offensive line, maybe not as stout, still a good unit, but in pass protection, that's where the pressure has been. And so Michigan bringing pressure from the inside will disrupt the way Ohio State can throw the ball, which is where I want to go next. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the the leader for the Blitnikoff Award. DJ Turner and I believe Will Johnson are the two corners that will be tasked with defending Marvin Harrison Jr. on the edge. That matchup is one that I have my eyes focused on like a laser. Would you agree that that is a matchup that that absolutely is going to be key in this game? Absolutely. I mean, and it is, it's one of those things too, where like similar to last year's game, like I don't know that, Guys like like Marvin Harrison Jr. and the great wide receivers that have perennial, perennially come through that program, you don't. They're like it takes your best effort to even just contain them and to not get beat for you know whatever it is two hundred yards and twelve catches or what have you. So the key to it is is like I said before, um, you know that pass rush is going to be part of it too. You're, they have to help out those guys on the back end. Um, when I look at, I don't know that anyone's going to specifically travel with Marvin Harrison Jr., but you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the guy that has the catch radius that he has and the athleticism and the length, that's it's crazy to say, but Michigan's best fight against that might be a true freshman in Will Johnson, who, uh, you know, he's he's a ball hawk in his own right. He's got length. He's got athleticism. He was a former five star recruit too. So. Again, um, I don't know that you want to put your true freshman corner on an island with him. That, I think that could probably be, be uh, probably be bad news. But it's also one of those things where you're talking about great on great, right? And then that's so many, so many of those micro battles that will determine a game like this. So, yeah, I mean, again, I think when you talk about you know, the only thing that can really, you know, you're good. Ohio State's going to get its yards through the air, especially you know something a, a concern I've had with Michigan's. Um, Michigan's backs or, you know, uh, the cornerbacks, safeties, what have you, is they've gotten they've gotten beat for 50-50 balls at times and uh, have given up some long third down conversions. And that's th- those are the keys in the games like this. So, you know, in terms of uh, it's going to have to be everyone's best effort on that side of the ball. And it's also going to be probably the best coach game we've seen yet. I think that uh, defensive coordinator Jesse Minter at times is you know, brought pressure from different areas and disguised looks. And, and that's the thing too, is that, you know, CJ Stroud is so, he's just so 
like he's a cool customer, right? Like he he's doesn't seem like he gets rattled by a ton. Um, you know, you you just have to you got to change what your looks look like. And, you know, at the split, you know, the, the blink of an eye and, you know, we've seen at times Michigan will load one side of the line of scrimmage with a couple of edge guys and, and bring pressures that way. So again, it, it goes back to what you said before. I mean, in a lot of ways, every, every week leading up to this one for both of these football teams has been, okay, great that you did this against opponent X. How does it apply to this game? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, there there are matchups like that all over the field, but as it pertains to Harrison and and slowing down that that the passing game, I don't. I think all you can do is, um, if you're Michigan, I think the recipe is you make them go. You make Ohio State go the long way. You don't get bit, uh, beat deep, and you don't give up chunk plays. I think you're you're content to let them go 12, 13, 14, 15 yards down the field and and shrink the field and things like that. So. To me, that's where, and that really goes for both teams too. Um, you know, when you play teams of this caliber, it just looks different, and you're not, you know, you're not going to have as much success as you did against an Iowa offense or a Rutgers offense or, or what have you. So, again, it's uh, yeah, just a, just matchups everywhere, all over the field uh, that I'm really interested in seeing. So I will not put you on the spot with a score prediction. I think we came to a nice agreement before the show that neither of us would reveal that. Uh, <laughs> it's probably best for both fan bases that they don't know who we're picking until right up until game time. Mm. Uh, but I want to ask you a very simple question. One specific thing, Michigan will beat Ohio State if blank. I if they control the line of scrimmage, I mean, if they're able to, if they are able to run the football and put, you know, long drives here and finish them with touchdowns too. That was the biggest thing last year. So to me on offense, it comes down to that. And on defense, it's, you know, we're boiling football down to its simplest terms here, but it's stopping the run and, and creating moments where uh, you're getting pressure, getting off the field on third down, ending a drive and, and changing momentum by turning someone over that's that's Michigan's recipe on on the defensive side of the ball too. So to me it's again it's it's old school. It might be as Michigan an answer as you could possibly imagine. Um but I feel like it, you know you it really is I know there's that stat out there that typically whoever wins the rushing battle in this game wins the the wins the football game and uh, that was the case last year. Uh I I know both teams have have a room full of backs that are banged up but Again, it's another game where these there's always a star making turn, and whoever has that in, in those key areas is going to walk out of the game Saturday with a victory. I don't want to make you repeat yourself, but I will ask you the other way because you have an outside perspective okay. for me. Ohio State will win this game if, and I know that's kind of a question that I should be answering, but I want the Ann Arbor side of it. Ohio State wins this game if blank. Yeah, I mean, if they're able to – if they – if CJ Stroud is throwing out of clean pockets and has his feet set, it's going to be a long day for Michigan. It just is. Um, and it goes back to also if they're able to run the football and stop the run, like those things that, that we just talked about there, but yeah, Ohio, and there's, there's part of me that thinks there is some sort of, there is some kind of wrinkle coming um, just in terms of something we haven't seen from Michigan yet on both sides of the ball, but yeah, for Ohio State, it's if you're protecting your quarterback, CJ Stroud is too good to just let him sit back there and do his taxes in the pocket. So Michigan's able to find a way to to get to him. 
they have a shot to win the game. And if they don't, it's going to be a long day. So that's to me, it's as simple as that. All right. Well, I think that's it. I'm not going to to make you give any more predictions, make you give any more <laughs> insights. The Ohio State fans, no state secrets being shared across the border here. Uh, but that was as informative as I think we could have possibly made it. I appreciate you and your time. Uh, Anthony, can you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, you can obviously uh, you can find us over at the Wolverine.com. Uh, if you're someone who likes to lurk and see what's going on behind enemy lines, uh, we're more than happy to have you as, as long as you are following the board rules, of course, not trolling people or anything like that. But uh, yeah, you can find all of my stuff over there. Uh, I am on Twitter at uh, Anthony T. Broom, uh, as long as Twitter decides it's going to stay operational. But yeah, other other than that, I mean, um, you know, I would just say my message to to you from us is uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great week for for both sites. Uh, I think that on three is will be represented very well uh, in coverage of this game on Saturday, and I think both fan bases are lucky to have. Um, to have the coverage that both of us bring to the table uh, in terms of sites. I'm not trying to sound cocky, but um, <laughs> it's going to be a good week. And, you know, it should be fun. Uh, something that I know there's always the, there are always shots that are taken with, you know, in press conferences and things like that. But something that Jim Harbaugh said that stuck with me is that, you know, it doesn't always have to be, it, it's, there's always that inherent hatred, right? But there's also a gratitude in that, no, both of those teams know that they have the chance to play for something special. We get to go to this game and, and we'll have a chance to cover something special. And to me, it's like I said, to open the show, it's just an enormous amount of gratitude to be able to, um, you know, these are these, it's easier to get up for um, covering games like this, as opposed to, you know, Hey, it's Rutgers week or Hey, it's uh, it's Indiana week or things like that. So I uh, would also just say like, thank you for, for thinking of us and including us in uh, in your coverage this week. For sure. We we've made it through 11 uh, slogs of weeks in the build up to this. Everything has been building up Michigan fans. It's my favorite part of the week, Anthony, if I can just add one more thing. Sure. Michigan fans believe that they're going to lose to Ohio state and Ohio state fans believe they're going to lose to Michigan after the performances against Indiana. I mean, Illinois, pardon me and Maryland respectively. It's hilarious to watch, and I think that's what makes this week even better, is both fan bases are not very confident heading in, and that's what makes all of this fun. There's a tinge of anxiety to it, and that's what happens when you're playing for something. You know, it's not, you know, this isn't this this isn't one of those, you know, no offense to Minnesota, it's not the little brown jug or or a trophy game, the brass spittoon. Like this is this is the trophy game. This is you're playing for the big prize and to call a spade a spade. Um, really you win this game and you're, you're, you will win next week's game in Indianapolis. So yeah. Um, anytime there are stakes on the line and you have a chance for your season, maybe not to, like they're going to, there will be football that's played after this, but for your regular season to end with a sour taste in your mouth, um, uh, no one wants that and everyone kind of braces themselves for it. So that's why they play the game. Um, wouldn't have it any other way. Anthony, we will see you in Columbus on Saturday for Ohio State and Michigan, two versus three, folks. The game of the century this time around uh, will be played in the Horseshoe on Saturday at noon. Anthony will have full coverage over at the Wolverine. I'll have full coverage for Letterman Row. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will see you in the Horseshoe on Saturday for Ohio State and Michigan in the game.